There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 34 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of around August 20th, 2006. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking along on my excellent adventure through the world of short Masonic educational papers. Many of these papers have been presented in my lodge, King George Lodge, number 59 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So having finally gotten around to watching the Da Vinci Code movie uh, within the last couple weeks, I thought this piece was interesting, seeing as the, the movie dealt so much with uh, symbols and their hidden meanings. And while Freemasonry is only referred to briefly during the movie, it got me thinking about the phrase that is so often used in the craft, of it being veiled in allegory and illustrated by symbols. And there are a great many symbols that are employed in Freemasonry, as well as throughout the world. This piece is quite a bit longer than I typically like to do for a podcast, but it shows that symbols, when their history and origin is, uh, well, not well known, can be seen, can be seen to convey uh, an incorrect idea. It also shows that the same symbol, while it meant to encapsulate a great number of different meanings to a varied group of people, that unless time and effort is taken to understand what the original message was meant to convey, that it can easily lose its original intent. The alarm clock rings, and you reach over and shut it off. You hop into the bathroom for a shower, and you twist the knobs marked H and C until the water temperature is what you want. You shower, brush your teeth, and get dressed. If you're younger, you put on your leather jacket and start for school. You use the crosswalk at the corner, and the traffic stops as the flashing yellow school crossing sign lights turn to red. You pass a church on the right-hand side of the street, the cross at the steeple shining in the early morning sun. On your left is a fast food restaurant with golden arches displaying a big red sign. The bell rings and school starts. You see the familiar furnishings of a classroom, a flag, a pictures, and the maps on the walls. If you're older, you dress for work and climb into your car. A figure of a person lights up to remind you to fasten your seatbelt. You give a quick look at the fuel gauge and put the car into reverse. The backup lights come on as you back out of the driveway. You flash your turn signal check traffic, and ease past the yield sign on the corner and drive to the workplace. You drive past a parking place marked with a stick figure of a person in a wheelchair. Park your car where you can and head into work. Like a great many people, you've started a day filled with symbols and symbolism. Let's look at them. The dial on your alarm clock is a symbol. The movement of the hour hand represents the movement of the sun in the sky. This was even clearer on the first clocks that were divided in, into 24 hours rather than 12. But that symbolism is why a clock or watch looks the way it does. The H and the C on the knobs in the shower had two layers of symbols. They stand for the words hot and cold, but those words are symbols themselves for what stands for the temperature of water. That school letter jacket is a very rich symbol. The letter stands for the name of the school and, sometimes, for an activity such as football at that school. The color of the jacket also stands for the school. The fact that this is a leather, leather jacket is a symbol which shows the wearer has done something outstanding and merited recognition. The painted lines in the crosswalks are symbols telling drivers that this is a safety zone and, the, and that they must use extra caution. The flashing yellow light is a symbol which means the same thing. Then the light turns red, which is a symbol telling them to stop. 
The cross is a symbol of Christianity, and the steeple is an architectural symbol telling people that the building is a church. The golden arches used on the sign are the symbol of McDonald's. The sounds of the class bell is a symbol announcing that the class is getting ready to start. The flag is a symbol of the country, and the pictures of the leaders of these countries, reminding us of all that was done in the foundation of your nation. The schoolroom's maps are symbols of various countries. In the car, the figure of the person with the seatbelt is a symbol, as, as are the gauges. The backup lights are signals, telling others that your car is in reverse. The turn signals are symbols, indicating the way the car is going to move, and the yield sign is a symbol, as well as the handicapped parking marker. They are symbols because they stand for something, or else remind us of something. When we see a flashing yellow light, we don't think flashing yellow light. We think, danger, be careful. That's why the flashing yellow light is a symbol. It makes us think of something else. Symbols can mean more than one thing, and they can mean different things to different people, or in different circumstances. You know this symbol. You see, see it when you're driving a car. It means stop the car. Then, when it's your turn, go carefully. But suppose you're going to take a pre-printed state test, which comes in sealed envelope. Or perhaps you're looking at the booklet, which comes with your new microwave. The envelope might say, stop. Do not open this envelope until your teacher tells you to do so. You wouldn't run outside and find a car to stop, even though that would, is what it meant a few minutes ago when you were driving. No, it means don't go any further. And the instruction booklet on the microwave might print the same symbol and say, do not use before reading safety instructions. Again, the symbol doesn't mean the same thing as it did when you were driving home with the microwave. So a symbol can relate to more than one event, driving a car, taking a test, or operating an appliance. And the same symbol can be, mean different things to different people. Take a look at the symbol, or letter X. Patricia is going through a romantic phase at the moment. When she writes notes and letters, she signs them with several exits, which says that they mean love and kisses. Laura, who is especially good in math, she says X means multiplication. But Stan is into trains, and his tracks and model towns are a full setup, which means there's a railway crossing. Justin plays football. For him, X means an offensive player in a football diagram. Loves and kisses, multiplication, railroad crossings, and football players. Which is right? Well, they're all right. Symbols mean what the person using them wants them to mean. Sometimes, people who don't understand how symbols work may try to tell you that the symbol always means one thing. But that just isn't true. Think about that X. Would it make sense that the X always means love and kisses? And so Laura, Stan, and Justin are wrong? Of course not. Clearly they are not wrong. Symbols mean what you want them to mean. A crosshatch symbol or number or the number sign may mean number to you, pound to me, or raise a musical note half a step to Harry and tic-tac-toe to Fred. That's perfectly all right. Symbols are a short sort of shorthand. Think of this this symbol, for example. If we were to write down everything that symbols make you think about, it might take several paragraphs. You might think of a flame as a symbolizing light, or an education, or heat, or danger of fire. By the time you write down everything that you thought about those ideas, it could take a lot of time. It, it's much easier and faster to use a symbol. And you can do something else with that symbol, which is hard to do with words. You can add ideas. Supposing you wanted to suggest the knowledge is found by reading and studying, you could draw a book and add a flame. 
and someone, seeing it, might know what you meant just by looking at the drawing. Many of the symbols we use inside the Masonic building are the same as everyone else uses. On doors to indicate men's and women's restrooms, or red light to show a fire exit, for example. But some are special to us and used in special ways. So let's take a look at some of the more common ones in the Masonic fraternity. The young ladies who belong to the Order of the Rainbow, for example, use the rainbow as a symbol. Why? Well, like most symbols, it's too rich for us to write out in the meaning of a short space. But we can note a couple of important ones. First of all, it means that God is good and He cares about people. That comes from the story of the rainbow in the Bible, where God places a rainbow in the sky to indicate a new covenant with man. Also, virtues are assigned to different colors. Red, love. Orange, religion. Blue, fidelity. Violet, service. Green, immortality. Indigo, patriotism. And yellow, nature. These symbols of the rainbows remind the members of the order that the good life is built on those virtues. Job's daughters uses a crown as a symbol. To the members of that order, it symbolizes leadership and the rightful authority which comes from being elected to a group to serve as, as its leader. The Order of de Malay uses a different kind of crown. It's called the crown of youth. Like the rainbow, it stands for virtue, but which one builds a good life, and each of the crown's seven, seven jewels is used in a different virtual. File of love, love of parents, reverence, respect for sacred things, courtesy, comradeship, fidelity, cleanliness in thought, word and deed, and patriotism. The Order of the Amaranth uses the crown to symbolize royalty. But royalty doesn't mean just the right of one person to command another. Its more important meaning is that each person must be sovereign over his or her own life, feelings, thoughts, and actions. The cross symbolizes self-control, which is necessary for personal growth. The Yorkite Masons use the crown to mean the power and authority to lead or command. When it is combined with the cross, one of the meanings of the crown is victory and symbolizes Christianity. The Order of the Eastern Star uses a crown in combination with a scepter. The crown symbolizes honor, power, and authority. The scepter symbolizes that power is used to guard and protect others. The combination teaches that all persons have an obligation to use whatever resources they have to make sure that no one is denied justice or is exploited. The Masons use a square and compass as their most common symbol. The square stands for virtue and morality. The compasses stand for the importance of keeping our passions within bounds. But it is even richer. The square also stands for the world and physical reality. The compasses stand for the spiritual things. So, one meaning of the symbol is that while a person has a physical or animal nature and spiritual nature, the spiritual should be stronger than the physical. The letter G in the compasses stands for God and also for geometry. Since the ancients believed that the study of geometry led the mind to the study of God. The eastern star uses the symbol of the five-pointed star. Usually it's shown with one point down. People who don't understand symbols say some very ignorant things about it. One of the most ignorant is that it stands for some kind of demon or for a goat. Now of course, if you want to think of a devil or a goat when you see it, that's your business. But there's, that's not what the eastern star uses the symbol to mean. They used it as a symbol of the star which guided the wise men to Bethlehem, the downward pointing ray representing the light coming to the earth and also the birth of Jesus when he came down from earth from heaven. Masons use a five-pointed star as a symbol as well. 
For Masons, the star is a symbol of man, with the five points representing the heads, the hands, and the feet. And the Scottish Rite Masons use the star to represent the blazing glory of God, which fills the entire universe, and also that God reveals himself to mankind through nature. The Order of the White Shrine of Jerusalem uses a five-pointed star in yet another way, adding to it a cross and a shepherd's crook. As with the International Order of the Eastern Star, the star of the Order of the White Shrine of Jerusalem is a symbol of the Star of Bethlehem. The cross is a symbol of faith, and the shepherd's crook symbolizes both the ideas of loving compassion and the good shepherd, who is ready to lead his flock to the green pastures and still waters. Another symbol both Masons and Eastern Star use is a sheaf of wheat or corn. For the Eastern Star, it teaches that many small acts of kindness performed, or many small duties well carried out, add up to important totals, that it is just as important to do small tasks and acts of kindnesses as it is to do large ones. For the Masons, it symbolizes plenty and the goodness of God in providing for mankind. De Malay uses school books as a symbol in the importance of education, and, even more importantly, as a symbol of intellectual freedom, which is the foundation of all other freedoms. For the Masons, the triangle is a symbol of God. For Christian Masons, the three sides represent the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And for Freemasons of all faith, it represents wisdom, power, and the creativity of God. The Eastern Star uses the triangle with much the same meanings as a part of their jewels of office for the women occupying the star points. They are surrounded by a specific symbol for the particular point in the jewel rep that it represents. In this case, the jewel is for Martha, and the triangle surrounding the, a broken column. The broken column symbolizes grief and sorrow, especially that caused by the death of someone we love. The triangle symbolizes God, and so the two together teach us that the deepest sorrow is relieved by a trustful faith in God. The York Rite uses the triangle in much the same way in some of its officer's jewels. For that matter, an officer's jewel is a symbol too, telling us what office a person holds in a Masonic organization. The jewel of a secretary has two crossed quill pens, which represents writing, obviously an important part of the secretary's job. Job's Daughters uses the triangle in the emblem of the sorority. It's really a double triangle because the honored queen and two princesses inside the triangle form the second triangle. Our Jewish brothers and sisters use the two interlaced triangles or Star of David as a major symbol of their faith. In the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, the same symbol stands for the whole universe, the totality of God's creation. It also teaches that life is composed of joy and sorrow, pain and comfort, and other such opposites. Scottish Rite Masons and York Rite Masons also use three triangles to represent power, wisdom, and creative nature of God. In ancient times, one of the bars of each triangle was sometimes removed to provide a symbol that makes it look very much like a turning wheel. And so that symbol was used to represent the movement of God throughout the universe and also the movement of the universe through time. Later, by the time of the Greeks, the symbol had changed again, and the three partial triangles turned into three legs. For Job's daughters, the color purple represents royalty, not just as an idea of power and authority, but royalty, which comes from nobility of character, virtuous habits and thoughts, kindness, patience, thoughtfulness, and many other virtues. In Scottish Rite, purple traditionally represents the power and majesty of God. 
In masonry, the sword is a symbol of the tiler, or the doorkeeper. It symbolizes security of protection. It also teaches that a mason should be constantly on guard against unworthy or improper thoughts. In Scottish Rite masonry, the sword symbolizes chivalry and justice, and when it's drawn with its wavy blade, it symbolizes lightning, which also symbolizes the power of God. The two swords behind the crown of the Demolay emblem symbolize justice and fortitude, and the fact that they were crossed symbolizes mercy. For the eastern star, the sword is covered with a veil. The sword symbolizes right, and the veil symbolizes revelation. The two, in combination, suggest right, honor, integrity, and such virtues as are revealed to men and women. The rainbow uses a spear rather than a sword. The spear is the jewel of the marshal, and it is symbolizes a life that is directed daily to a better and higher ideals. For the mason, the apron symbolizes purity of life as a goal for which we should all thrive. For rainbows, the apron stands for the Masonic fraternity and the ideals of the fraternity. For Job's daughters, the Grecian robe worn by the officers and the choir symbolizes equality. For masons and for Job's daughters, the pot or urn of burning incense represents prayer. For Scottish masons, it also symbolizes the purity of heart and mind with which the person should approach prayer. Job's daughters use a dove to symbolize purity, the same idea that masons symbolize with the Masonic apron. But Scottish Rite uses a dove to symbolize good, light, and God's mercy. Symbols are special simply because they are such powerful ways of packing so many meanings and sometimes feelings into a small package. You only need to find pride when looking at a trophy you have won, or feel a deep calm and peace when you look at a beautiful stained glass window, or feel something grab in your chest when you see the Canadian flag flying in the wind to know just how much a meaning a symbol can have. Symbols are not only have powerful meanings, but you can change the meanings just by changing the way the symbol is drawn. A good example of this is the cross, one of the best-known symbols in Canada, the U.S., and the world. Most of us think of the Christian religion when we see the cross, and that is what it usually means when we see it now. But the cross is very, very old, and sometimes used in many forms as a symbol. It's useful to take a look at those different forms and see what people have used the cross to mean, and how a change in the way a symbol is drawn can add meaning. The most common form of the cross that we use in Canada and the U.S. is technically called the cross or crux ordienda. The same style or shaped cross can be drawn upside down has two very different meanings. Some unfortunate people use it to symbolize evil, the devil, or the black mass. But the cross is more commonly known to the Christians as the cross of St. Peter. According to the legend, St. Peter the Apostle was crucified upside down. This symbol developed during the Middle Ages. The cross with four equal arms is known as the Greek cross. Its four equal arms represent harmony in the universe, or the physical and the spiritual worlds, as well as the balance found in nature. The cross, with the cross piece at the top of the upright, is known as the cross of St. Anthony. This cross is also known as the Tau cross, because it looks like the Greek letter Tau, which is the same as the T in our alphabet. In this form, the cross symbolizes the triumph of man's spiritual nature over his physical nature. Related to the Tau cross, or the cross of St. Anthony, is the Ankh. This is a very ancient Egyptian symbol meaning life. It is derived from posts with cross pieces which are set up on the banks of the Nile River to show how high the floodwaters were likely to be. 
since the floods brought new soil and life to the Egyptians, this cross became a symbol of that renewed life. The cross with the crossbars is known as a patriarchal cross. One of its many meanings is that as a person gets more and more political power, he or she has an increasing responsibility to use that power wisely and for the benefit of people. One becomes even more the steward of God with the additional responsibilities and duties. The Russian Orthodox cross has three crossbars, one of which runs parallel at an angle. The two top bars represent the same thing as the patriarchal cross. The lower bar represents the footrest nailed to the cross on which the feet of Jesus rested. No one, no one is exactly sure why the bottom bar is shown at an angle, but it is probably so that it forms a cross of St. Andrew. St. Andrew was credited with bringing Christianity to Russia. It is known as the Cross of St. Andrew because it is believed that St. Andrew was crucified on a cross of this design. It is also known as the Crux Disicata, which simply means cross in the shape of an X. It is the ancient emblem of Scotland. Symbolically, it is sometimes used to mean a renewal or the new beginning or recreation. Another cross is shown with flames on the edge and is known as the Crux Flamant or Flaming Cross. It is used to symbolize the passion and zeal of the early martyrs, and sometimes to symbolize the energy of the Holy Spirit. Like most of these designs, it developed in the Middle Ages. The idea of Trinity was often shown by including three lobes or loops at each end of the arms of the cross. Two forms of the symbol are called the cross truffle and the cross entrailed. These are only a few examples of the way one symbol can be used for many different meanings. You can see that if someone says a symbol can only be shown in one way, or that it can only mean one thing, they are clearly wrong. But just as it's true that one symbol can be used to mean many things, it is also true that one idea can be shown by many different symbols. As an example, take the idea of justice. In our culture, justice is usually symbolized by a drawing or statue of a woman, blindfolded, holding a balance or set of scales. Sometimes she is also shown holding a sword. She is actually the Greek goddess Thesmus, who symbolized divine justice to the ancient Greeks. But even earlier, the ancient Egyptians had symbolized justice by the goddess of Mat or Mayat. She was usually shown standing, but was sometimes shown kneeling and blindfolded. Mat represented more than justice. She represented the whole idea of right and order in the universe and in the lives of men and women. The Norsemen symbolized justice by the god Odin. Odin carried a great spear of ash wood, and on that ash were engraved all the basic rules of contracts. In the Middle Ages, justice was also symbolized by a mill, either one turned by water or turned by wind. It's that form of the symbol that we use in the expression you may have heard people use. The mills of God grind slowly, but they grind exceedingly fine. Which means that sometimes it takes a long time before bad people get what's coming to them. But it always happens in the end. Sometimes justice is symbolized by the balance or scales alone. The fact that the two pans of the balance are equal suggests fairness and equality. In Canada and America, justice is frequently symbolized by a gavel used by the judge. And the gavel is an interesting symbol in itself. It came from masonry. We are the first ones to use a gavel as a symbol of, the, of a presiding officer. So there's the piece in regards to Freemasonry and uh, the symbols, as well touches touches on some of the other symbols that are used throughout the world and sort of their multifaceted meanings and uh, what stands behind them and a little bit of their origin. 
So, until next time, I've been your host, Scott, and I hope you've enjoyed our, our time together. If you'd like a transcript of this podcast, please visit our website at www.kingeorgelodge.com. If you have any comments or ideas for further podcasts, please feel free to email me at podcast at kingeorgelodge.com. And until next time, be sure to keep this shiny setup.